From the over-the-top studios in Boulder, Colorado, you're listening to the Boswell Chronicles. Ian Boswell joining us following Stage 5 of the Dauphiné. Ian, great to chat with you again. Yeah, can't believe uh, we're already on Stage 5. I'm looking at the road buck here in just two days to go. So you had a great day yesterday. How was the follow-up? Yeah, it went all right. We had a, um, there was a hard start to the day. We started on a Category 2 climb, so it was important to kind of be ready to go from, from the gun. And we wanted to make sure that either myself or our little Italian climber, Matteo Fabro, was in the break. And Fabro wound up jumping in the move, which was good. And it was uh, pretty darn fast all day. First Sky was chasing, and then Bora Hansgrohe. And, uh, yeah, then we kind of hit a long really long section in the valley but it was wasn't easy and then hit the the finishing climb up to i don't even know the name of the climb val valmore or something um yeah and was decent felt okay made a few mistakes at the bottom just going the wrong way around some roundabouts but um no not my not my best showing but at the same time you know like i said yesterday just trying to keep in mind that you know we have two two more real big days in the mountains coming up and to have a, a good day on one of those would be uh, a nice way to finish off the race. Well, I got a couple of logistical questions for you. H- how do you guys start on a Category 2 climb? No warm-up, you just go. Yeah, well, some teams do do a warm-up. Some guys ride on the turbo trainers before our team. We didn't. We actually had like an 11-kilometer neutral before the climb. And we um, actually started the neutral was like halfway up the climb. So we actually had plenty of time to kind of roll in the bunch at a controlled pace with the cars in front of us blocking the road. Um, but it's still never easy. You know, I'm kind of a, a diesel engine. Um, so it takes me a while to kind of get going, but um, no, you just kind of suffer, you know, and hope know that if you make it over that climb in the front group, it's going to be a lot easier afterwards as well. And then those roundabouts, I mean, they're they're beautiful from the helicopter shot as you see the people going around. But I've often wondered, I mean, when you're in the middle of the peloton, are people yelling, hey, there's a roundabout coming up? How do you know? And then how do you know which way to go around it? Yeah, well, it's kind of been a debate in cycling recently. The, there's been such an increase in road furniture, you know, even since I've lived in France and, you know, you look at 10 years ago just to you know, slow traffic down, but make cycling all the more dangerous, you know, whether it's center dividers, roundabouts, you know, bike paths, you know, it just adds so much, you know, furniture to the road and different obstacles, um, you know, speed bumps as well. And, you know, at the roundabout, sometimes you, you know, the peloton in front of the guys take the line they want. Um, usually they pick the right side to go on the faster side, but, you know, sometimes you get lucky and you go the way that no one else is going and come out, come out ahead and, um, yeah, I made some pretty poor choices on the, the roundabout coming into the final climb. Went left, and I think probably only four or five of us went went left, and it was definitely the the wrong way to go. But yeah, that's that's bike racing, and you know sometimes you gamble. And that's where I mean, you said a poor choice, but how do you even know as you're coming into it? You don't really have a preview of what's coming up. No, you don't. But I mean, it's also partially, I guess, my my fault for not being maybe further up in the bunch because you know if you're at the front then you kind of follow the the pace of the group but um being a bit further back you know you need to move up so like i said take a risk and try to go the other way to who knows maybe you can jump some spots because it tends to kind of bottleneck if it's a small roundabout you know 
for everyone trying to go one direction, definitely bottlenecks at the back. So if you can go around the other way, then sometimes you can move up, but this was not a conducive roundabout to do that. So then what's it like as you're back at the base of a finishing climb? Um, that's got to just make it a lot harder on you. Yeah. Well, cause obviously the guys at the front are riding, you know, riding pretty darn hard and right. there's a lot of people at the back who start to sit up and whatnot. Um, you know, so you're kind of dodging people trying to, trying to get back and, um, I was able to make it back up to Zacharin, but wasn't there for as long as I would have hoped to be or, you know, expected to be. But, um, yeah, he was fine in the end. I think he finished top, I think he finished seventh on the day and moved into 11th overall. So, um, you know, still have a lot, like I said, two really hard days coming up so he can, uh, still, still climb up the rankings. What are you looking at tomorrow? Uh, a short day. I think it's only 110 K. Um, but I think we have 4,000 meters of climbing. So 4,000 meters. So yeah. So I think it's goodness. What's that? 13, 14,000 feet of climbing in 110 K. So yeah, pretty much just up and down all day Four four categorized climbs. And, um, yeah, it should be, I mean, it's a day I like, you know, five good legs and can be a day that I'll, you know, definitely try to be either as active as possible or go in a breakaway or something. So the next two days are both pretty similar with a lot of climbing, not a lot of flat. So what you got for dinner tonight? I don't know. We had um, we had real last night, and that was delicious. So um, probably <laughs> probably something like chicken or fish, something a bit uh, a bit lighter before the mountains tomorrow. Well, Ian, as always, I sure appreciate you taking the time to check in with us, and uh, wish you all the best tomorrow. Yeah, thanks, George. The Boswell Chronicles, Dauphin A Stage Five, from the Over the Top Studios in Boulder, Colorado. I'm George Thomas. <laughs> ACAST powers some of the world's best podcasts. Here's a show we recommend. I'm Meredith Masony. And I'm Tiffany Jenkins. We're the hosts of Take It or Leave It, a podcast where we discuss all things marriage, motherhood, and everything in between. Join us every week where we sit down and talk about parenting, even though we don't really know what we're talking about. We have guests, we take your calls, and we get weird. Tiffany and I are just like you. We are two struggling moms who have no idea what we're doing. Join us on Take It or Leave It, an advice-ish podcast for parents. ACAST, A-cast, A-cast, A-cast recommends. recommends.